All right, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is doing well. Find you a nice sunny spot to sit. It is much better than the shade. Just a little tip if you, uh, if you want that. Well, uh, last week we picked back up in our faith series, and uh, the plan was to uh, continue in that this week. But honestly, I was driving, uh, had quite a bit of driving to do this week uh, on the road, and uh, just uh, felt a connection to another passage that uh, uh, just felt that was the Father telling me to, uh, to share that this morning. So hopefully that's all right with you. If not, uh, please accept my apologies if you were dead set on hearing about that faith uh, series. But we're going to trust and go with what God's called us to do. Uh, I, am, uh, I just want to say this too. I am grateful to serve at a place that allows me the, the freedom to do that and say, well, you, you are going in this faith series, so give me the freedom just to, to follow the Holy Spirit. So I always appreciate that. So this week, in light of the new year, if you were here, let me see uh, just hands. Who was here New Year's Day? New Year's Day, January 1st. We started a new year together, okay? Uh, so in light of the new year, I wanted to tell you this, just to remind you, January 1st when I talked, I talked about the fact that if you know God, there is no reason in a spiritual realm for a new year, new you, right? That He loves you the way you are. Like, there is nothing wrong with having goals, there's nothing wrong with having these things in your life that you feel like you need to change, but in light of your relationship with God, if you know Jesus... There is no reason for a new you. He loves you the way you are. Remember we looked at Psalm 139 about intricately woven in the depths and the secret and how much he is just in love with you, fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's every person. By the way, everybody look at me. I want you to think of that one person you can't stand. I know all y'all are, are, are better people than me and you don't hold grudges, but I know you maybe have one out there that you just can't stand. I mean, when you see them, your blood begins to boil. That might be me. You, I may be your person on that. I don't know. But you're one person, right? I want you to stop and think about this. This might give you just the ammunition you need next week to go to that person and think this. That person is also the apple of God's eye, created fearfully and wonderfully made. Boy, doesn't that sting? Because when we feel that way and we're so upset and we're mad or whatever. We are mad at the pinnacle of God's creation. Everybody that you ever encounter, every human being, the pinnacle of God's creation, no matter background, race, uh, class, any of this stuff that man wants to label somebody, it doesn't matter. The pinnacle of God's creation. No one better than, no one less than. So we should treat them as such. Amen? So this week, in light of New Year, we talked about that on January 1st, but I want to talk to two people today, all right? Now, if you look, our, our crowd is a little lower today. I think some folks uh, thought that cold weather, they weren't thinking about coming out today, but I think there's two people here today, and you look around and say, well, we got a small crowd, but there's more than two people. I want to talk to you about what I believe in every gathering across the city, the county, the state, the nation, the world today, there are two kinds of people. And really, that's all it boils down to. There are those who know God and those who do not. And there is no in-between. You cannot straddle the fence. It's either you know Him, you have relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the only way, right? 
the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. The beauty is He created you for a relationship and then died in your place to even offer that relationship with the Father. Amen? All right, so two kind of people. Those who have accepted that, those who have embraced that, those who walk in that, by the way, not perfectly. Nobody here does. Your pastor for sure doesn't. I know Charlie speaks sometimes. Let me tell you, for sure he doesn't, right? Lord would say amen to that. Right? Nobody that you know is doing that perfectly. But those who are walking with God have a relationship with Him. That's one kind of person. And then those who've rejected that or even maybe say, well, I don't know, I'm kind of on the fence. You're not really on the fence. If you're not with Him, you are against Him. That's what the Word says. Either for Him or against Him. So two kind of people today. There is no in-between and there is no hope. Listen to me this morning. No hope outside of Jesus Christ. You can fill your life with every hope that this world has to offer, every luxury, everything, every trapping of life, or think that somehow if I just did this, then life would be perfect. If that this is anything other than Christ, the void will still be empty. Anybody ever heard the expression, a square peg in a round hole? Right? It won't work. That's the same thing with this whole, I believe, that God created us each with inside our heart that only, only, say that word with me, only, only Jesus Christ can feel. You can try it. Listen, no judgment if you played the lottery. There was a big lottery. I saw somebody, 1.35 billion with a B. Without Christ, you may have fun, but it'll leave you empty. It will not fill the void. I know you're saying, well, it filled my void. Maybe for a season. But at the end of the day, you're still going to say something is missing because it is only Christ. I was friend, any old school, Jennifer, this is going to speak right to your heart. Any old school Alabama fans here, right? Anybody remember a running back that played for Alabama named Bobby Humphrey? One of Birmingham's own, one of the best, man. Great, great friends with Bobby Humphrey and his family. Here's one of the things. I had him come and speak to a group one time, and I never will forget this because even with the people, the younger crowd that didn't know who he was, didn't get to see him in, in like his brilliance of playing in, in college and in the NFL. I'll tell you this. He knows the Lord now. That is our brother. But I can tell you, he said this. I knew what it was like to be considered in the running of Rookie of the Year. I knew what it was like to score a touchdown in the college level and all the crazy stuff that went with it and in the pros. And he said, I was empty without Jesus Christ. You hear somebody, I mean, he played in a Super Bowl. Now, it wasn't a great Super Bowl because Joe Montana and Jerry Rice had something to say about that. But they played and got mopped. But he was in the Super Bowl and he said, it does not compare to the relationship of Jesus Christ. You see what I'm saying? He had everything. He had the cars, had the women, had all these, the trappings of life, drugs involved. That was part of his story. Every high he was chasing, he said, was empty outside of Jesus Christ. You've got that example as well, I know, where you've tried to fill that void with other things and it just will not work. I've got good news I can save you from trying. Just quit trying. It will not work. I guarantee you, it won't work. But Christ will. In His timing, in His ways, different for each of us, the ways that He shows it, but He is the only answer, the only hope that we can find in this world. My prayer is, is that you all know Him. 
If not, you've heard the good news that Jesus came, He lived, and He died, placed in a borrowed tomb, raised from the dead. That is the good news. I want to share with you the great news. You can know Him today. If you don't know Him, you can know Him today. There are plenty of people out here that can just talk with you very simply. In fact, I'll tell you this. You don't need to talk to anybody if you're already experiencing that, saying, you know what, what this guy's saying is right. The Holy Spirit is leading me to the fact that I cannot do this alone. The only hope I have is in Christ. If you're already feeling that, my friend, I believe you're already at a place where you've said yes to Him and you are His, a son or daughter of the King. So pray on that. If that's you, if you need to meet Him today, then please do so. The beauty is that everyone here can, no matter what they've done, doing, or will do. The grace of Jesus is sufficient. So what I want to share with you today is whether you have known Him for seconds, maybe just a second ago, you said, I'm in with that, I believe, I am with Jesus, or you've been believing For 50 years, can I tell you a statement that God gave me this week? Connection is the key. I want to say that again. Connection is the key. Now, connection is a very simple word. You know me, I'm a simple person. I will never uh, be up here and be like talking so over your head. He's like, I can't get that. I had somebody say one time, and they, I don't know if they thought it was a compliment or what, but I took it as a compliment. They said, when I teach, that even a five-year-old can understand it. I took it as a compliment, right? I, I, I want to teach in such a way, that's the way my mind works. I'm not this deep thinker. I'm a practical guy. I look at Scripture and I just say, practically, Jesus, what are you saying to our hearts? So I looked up the word connection. It is a relationship in which a person is associated with someone or something. A connection, this deep connection when it comes to Christ, right? That we are connected. Connection is the key and it is only possible. We've been talking about this through faith, right? Complete trust and confidence in someone or something. That's someone being Jesus. So connection is key. And listen to me this morning. Everybody look this way. Just like earthly relationships, there can be a strain or disconnect with our relationship with God if we know Him. And so today I want to speak to you on the vine and the branches. One of my favorite New Testament passages. I'm going to read just a few verses from John chapter 15 starting in verse 4. If you have a Bible, you can turn there with me. Got your phone, or if you just want to listen, I'll be glad to do my best here. John chapter 15, starting at verse 4. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. 
As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Lastly, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Will you pray with me? Uh, Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this uh, just rich word. We could speak on this forever. Um, Today, as we do briefly, I pray that you speak to hearts, that it is your voice that is heard, that your voice is the one speaking to, to folks and not me. I've got no words of value other than Father, what you've given, and so, Father, Holy Spirit, speak through that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The word abide, I want you just to listen to that. Let that speak over your heart, and I'm going to grab a sip of coffee. Like how that, so just think, abide. Good coffee. Some passages say, remain. Does that seem a little more than what we use. I don't know that I've ever used the word abide outside of reading this passage, but to remain. In words, don't leave. To stay in, right? And it says this, to remain is to stay in the place that one has been occupying. So let's take this to this scripture. Here's what it does, is it gives you a choice. If you know God, there are two choices. Two kind of people, those who know Him, those who don't. If you know Him, two kind of choices. You can either linger or you can leave. Where are you at? Are you abiding? Are you remaining? Because there's a whole lot there that says your only joy, your only way to produce fruit, your only way to love, your only way to serve is to remain in Him. So are you lingering, are you staying, are you abiding, are you resting in, or have you left? I want you to think about it in this way. I'll remind you about this in closing, I know, because it's such an important passage here. Do you realize what Jesus is telling us here? When He's saying, abide in me and I will abide in you. Do you know what He's saying there? He's saying that you have a choice in the matter. Because if not... If, if there was just this unbelievable connection, and I think eternally there is, that if you know Him, you're never going to be separated. But that closeness, that relationship where you're sticking with it, you're abiding, you're resting in, you're really just wanting to walk in intimacy with Jesus, He's telling you that there's a way that you can not do that. That you could pull away, you could leave You could not abide. You could do the opposite. You could run from. Still know Him, but you're not walking with. Does that make sense? If that wasn't the case, He wouldn't have said it. He wouldn't have given you the choice of saying, Hey, listen, I want you. He's talking to His disciples. He says, I want you to abide in Me. I want you to remain in Me. I want you to stay with Me. I want you to linger with Me. I want you to lean back and just be here with Me. And then he tells us this, that's the only way you're going to find joy. That connection is key. That's the only way you're going to find hope. That's the only way you're going to find rest. That's the only way you're going to find salvation. That's the only way you're going to find true, just love, unconditional love, is to remain, to stay, to abide in Him. I mean, be honest with yourself. How many times have you tried another way? Has it worked? Maybe temporarily. 
But then something, the Spirit speaks within us. You know there's more. You know there's this lingering, this staying, this remaining, this abiding in Him, a relationship. Can I tell you the beauty of free will is this. He will not make you do it. He won't. He won't make you. That's forced love. It's not real. I I mean... For real, I've used this illustration before, but it just feels right this morning. My kids are adult kids now, right? But like the times that they were in my home as young children, I I just want you to think about a father and, you know, children relationship, father-child relationship. If I had them, you know, under lock and key and under chain and like you've got to obey, you've got to do everything the way I say it, Don't you talk back. All of this just ruling with an iron fist and basically giving them no choice in the matter. And then they behave. I mean, you kind of look at it and you say, well, they didn't have a choice, right? I got them here on a chain walking beside me. They couldn't run away. But if there's free will, if there's choice of like, I'm I'm training you up what I feel is the way you should go based on the word, and then you see them respond out of respect to somebody. You see them do something loving or caring or serving. As a dad, it's like, man, they're getting it, right? I, I, I see it. It's no different than our Heavenly Father. He doesn't make you love Him. He doesn't make you have a relationship with Him. He doesn't make you have an intimate staying and lingering and remaining. It's your choice. Again, linger or leave. Are you staying with Him or are you walking away? If you're not doing the things that He's given us His prescription of praying, you know, studying the Word, fellowshipping with one another, serving others, then I'm afraid you've left. You're not lingering. You're not staying with Him. You're not remaining. He is not going to force you. So we know that's the two choices, right? Linger or leave. I want to give you the two consequences. The Word says that if you linger, you will bear fruit. You just will. Can I tell you a newsflash here? If you know Him, that's your job. You have the Spirit of God living in you. It is your job to bear fruit. And in fact, you know what he even says in this? There's this beautiful little key word in here that you could gloss over really quick. He said if you remain in Him, He didn't just say you'll bear fruit. Anybody remember the one word He said? Much fruit. Not just a little. Much. And you know what? If you have the fruit of the Spirit in you, then you better be producing fruit. It's your job. You know why? You know how I know that? It's because at the moment of your salvation, the moment you came to the end of yourself and said, I believe, I'm all in. He didn't zap you up and take you home. He left you here. You got a job. And it's to bear much fruit. Now this is the flip side. I told you the consequences. You can either linger or leave. That's the two choices. Consequence, if you linger, you will bear much fruit. It's impossible not to. If you are lingering in Jesus, if you are abiding in Him, remaining in Him, you will bear much fruit. If you leave Him, you cannot bear fruit. That's what it says. Apart from me, you can do nothing, is what He says. Nothing. I don't know about you, but to be entrusted with the greatest love of all time, the one who laid down his life for me, and one day I will face him face to face. I do not want to stand there. Even though I will have my ticket in, even though I will be in his presence, 
I don't want to face a holy God like that and say, I left you and did nothing. I knew about the greatest love ever told. I just told to leave. I just chose to do my own thing. I didn't bear any fruit. Do you want to stand before Him with that? I mean, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just saying logically. Do you want to stand before a holy God and say, you know, I didn't get it right, but I tried to bear much fruit. I tried to go with you. I tried to linger and remain and serve and love like you did because of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. That was my job, to abide in you. Much fruit. And without Him, not only no fruit, but it says a withering away. I don't, I'm going to do something I don't think's ever been done maybe in the history of any kind of teaching or anything in church. I'm going to mention Back to the Future again. I did that on January 1st. Anybody ever seen it? Do you remember Marty? Marty McFly? When Marvin Berry, you know, calls his cousin Chuck and said that new sound you're looking for, you remember that? He's playing the guitar. Do you remember what happened to Marty? Jamie, have you ever seen Back to the Future? Once or twice. Can I tell I'm just going, I got to tell it, Jamie. One night we're going to bed and it's late and I had the TV on. She says, I'm ready to go to sleep. And I have Back to the Future on TV. You can tell I'm a little bit of a fan. And she leans over. She says, you going to cut that dang TV off? And I said, baby, I think when this guy hits 88 miles an hour, I think some really serious stuff's about to happen. I got to see how. She said, you've seen that movie a million times. And she was right. But it was kind of funny. But Marty's up there and he's playing. If you, if you remember, it's this, you know, the space-time continuing, all this stuff. But his hand is like just fading away, right? Can I tell you, I think that's a beautiful picture of like us away from, apart from. It is this, maybe you're still around, maybe you're still functioning, but man, inside, you're just withering away. You're just not who you were made to be. You realize that, right? You were created to bear fruit. You were created for relationship. The only way possible is to linger in Christ, to remain in Him, to abide, to partner with. Whatever word you want to use, it's a partnership. can't do it on your own. Apart from Him, you can do nothing. You will not bear fruit, but you will also just wither away. Now, i got to tell you about this one part of the passage. I just got just a little bit more this morning. But this desire part. There was a part. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Cannot get to a passage like that because that has been so abused over the years of like, well, my friends here that maybe are on the street and you say, well, you know, I'm abiding in him and I asked him to get me off the street and I haven't yet. That's my desire. I had a loved one that was sick and I prayed that God would heal them and he didn't. That was my desire. I wanted a Lamborghini and I prayed for a Lamborghini and he didn't give it to That was my desire. Can I tell you there's something about when you linger and when you abide in Christ, your desire is going to come from his desire. He's got a better. So when you are praying in that way in his will on what you want, your will be done, right? You know that part? On earth as it is in heaven, your will be done, not mine, but your will. That's when our desires line up with Him. And He will give us the desires of our heart, the desires we didn't even know we had because we're connected with Him. So that is not some name and claim it. You cannot just say, well, I wish I had this and pray, and I know God and He didn't do it, so He's a liar. 
It's not what that passage is saying. It's saying your desires are going to line up with his desires. His desires will win. His desires will be what leads your life if you know him. Then it gets to a part that says, well, the Father will be glorified when we bear much fruit. If you want to glorify, if you want to bring honor and glory to God, bear much fruit. It's pretty simple. This passage, there's some deep passages in Scripture that you read and you're like, now what in the world is that saying? This one is plain, verse by verse. If you want to honor God, then be connected to Him. Bear much fruit. If you don't want to honor God, then leave and don't. Which one are you? I challenge you to be the one that abides in Him. So it's a choice. Why would He say it? Abide in me if there wasn't a choice. Can I read one more verse for you? That is just, I want you to bask in the glory of this verse. This is the verse that can get you through almost anything. If the worst of the worst happens, I want you to remember this verse. I want you to try to even commit it to memory. Okay? I want you to listen to verse 9 again. Jesus speaking. Would we say that Jesus and the Father were pretty tight? Pretty close? In fact, I would say this. That when Jesus was about to go to the cross, remember if there was any other way, let this cup pass from me. It wasn't even so much the physical stuff that was coming. He knew what was coming. He dreaded the separation from the Father because the sin of the entire world was about to be placed on Him, taking our place, and He knew for the first time in all of history. Remember, Jesus has always been... John 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, all of these things. So He's always been. He popped on the scene in human history for our rescue. Remember that. He was more worried about for the first time in all of that history, way before you and I were ever thought of, for the first time He was going to be not connected to the Father. And He said, Father, if there's any other way. Right? I mean, that, that is what... That is where he was at. That is how close he was with the Father. Perfect unison. I want you to listen to this verse. Jesus speaking. As the Father has loved me. So Jesus is saying, just like the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. He loves you that much. This insane connection to the fact that Jesus is God in the flesh. Can't explain it. I believe it in faith. But just as there is that much love between them, he says, Father, as you have loved me, I love them. And then he says, abide in that love. In that love. In that kind of love, rest, remain, stay, abide, linger, whatever word you want to use. But rest in that. How to get you through anything. So I, I love the passage here where it gets to the end and it says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy, the joy of the Father, joy of Jesus may be in you and that your joy may be full. Here's the only way your joy will be full. Abide in Him. So today I want to again remind you two people, those who know Him and those that don't. I believe there's people out here that need to meet Him. I believe there's people out here that need to rededicate to Him. 
And I believe there's people out here that need to connect and remain and abide in a deeper way than you ever have. Which one are you? That's up for you and the Father to decide, but I'll be glad to celebrate either of those things with you. Pray with either of those things with you or more. Uh, Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for a love that is so strong, a love that the Father had for you, Jesus. You love us with that same love. And you've given us an invitation to abide and remain and linger and stay and sit in that love. And your word told us today that the only way to bring you glory, Father, the only way is to bear much fruit, and the only way to bear much fruit is connection. Connection is the key. So whether we need to meet you for the first time to connect, whether we need to have a recentering, a rededicating to reconnect, or whether we already feel like we're in connection but it just needs deeper intimacy, Whatever you've spoken to our heart, may it be so and may it be for your honor and glory. And we pray and we ask it and a blessing over everyone here in Jesus' name. Amen.